Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hello, and welcome back to Let the Rest Burn with Colleen Nelson. Today, we are going to talk about one of the biggest let the rest burn moments in my life. One of the hardest decisions I've ever made, one of the decisions I still question, and the catalyst to the biggest change in my life. Uh, And that's going to be my divorce. The decision specifically for me to choose divorce. And I say it that way because I think it's very difficult to be either person, the person who gets told that their spouse or partner would like a divorce, and the person who's doing the telling. I cannot even begin to unpack the amount of emotions that went in to this decision. But today I am going to share quite a bit about this. Out of respect for my former partner, I'm going to keep some details personal, but I do want to talk about what happened. And I do want to share this because this is a moment in my life where everything changed. And I had to make the decision repetitively to burn things down in order to live the truest version of me. What's really tough about this is that it's not black and white. It was not simple. It isn't simple today. Oftentimes I find myself returning to the thought of whether or not we could make it work. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. I think that the feeling of wanting my family together is always going to be in my mind and in my heart. And I can't sit here and tell you that I wouldn't get back together if everything lined up. Because to be honest with you, more than anything in the world, I want my children to be safe and happy and loved. And I want to be safe and happy and loved. And I want Mike to be safe and happy and loved. I don't wish any pain on any of us. But that's not really how life works, is it, right? Pain is kind of the alchemist of change. And ultimately, we can't avoid it. It is part of the human experience. And it is the place in which we learned so many things about ourselves and about others. So I want to set the stage. I'm going to be pretty brutally honest about my role in this. And I think it's important I do this because I'm I'm building a career, honestly, on recovering from divorce, on leading people into the darkness and finding that light again. And so I think I need to be honest with you. I, I want you to know some of the ins and outs that I went through personally so that either you can feel seen and heard and not alone in this, or you can 
understand maybe your partner's role in this. Or if you're happily married or happily single, you can get some insight into what I see is unfortunately affecting 50 to 60% of the population of people my age right now. Divorce is at an all-time high, and I think we need to learn from this, and we need to help the younger generations make different choices around marriage and partnership so that this wave of family-changing divorces don't continue. So let me first say, I don't always view divorce as bad. I know that's a a bit of a crazy statement, but I don't always view divorce as bad. Sometimes I think divorce can be freeing for both parties. I think divorce can provide the next chapter in a story. It does affect your basic stability, though. So even if it's the right choice, it's still traumatic because your body goes through a unearthing. I mean, everything shifts, your home environment, your routine, your structure, your person. And as much as it can be amicable, it doesn't negate the fact that those core pieces of being a human being, wanting that sense of belonging, get affected in this. So I have a very amicable situation with my ex, Mike. We are still friends. And at this point, we do quite a bit of family time together. So that's how this story currently is. But I want to back it up to 2013. This is the part that for me is the most vulnerable and that I ask all of you to really tune in and listen. Because as a therapist, I struggle a bit telling this story because I don't want to be perceived as unprofessional or somebody that doesn't have her shit together, right? But at the very core of all of this is that in order to be a good therapist, I have to have gone through some shit, right? So I'm going to talk about, you know, some darker times in my life. And I hope that you can hear this and understand the duality of holding space for people in my life as a therapist and being professional and also struggling in my personal life. I know that I can hold space for both. Okay, so 2014, or actually, let's 2013. Go back in time. I had graduated from my uh, master's degree and I was in internship. I was doing private practice. I was working in an adoption agency at the time, a very busy job I, I loved thoroughly. And I was in a pretty unhealthy relationship. It was a back and forth, I would, I would say toxic, if not sometimes abusive relationship. And I was on my way out of that relationship. I was trying to recover from it. For any of you that have ever been through a toxic or abusive relationship, you know that when you leave that relationship, you are in quite the fragile place. And for me, I was in a fragile place for many reasons, but it was a place in my life where I had imagined I would have been married. I would have had children. I would have had some sort of stability. And I really didn't. You know, I was really rediscovering myself. And at the time, I didn't really understand that that's exactly what needed to happen at 25 years old is to discover myself. But I was really lonely and trying to rebuild a community. I've always struggled with having a group of friends. 
I've had plenty of friends in different kind of pockets of my life, but I never had that core group. You know, like the, the show Friends makes it seem like it is the best thing in the world or how I met your mother. Just the idea of having friends that knew me on such a core level was something I craved. I craved it from the depths of my soul. And my life did not turn out that way. And that's okay. I now know why, and I feel better about the development of my friendships over time. But at 25, I was lonely and and struggling a lot. I had made some new friends. And all summer long, as I was getting over this young man who had really hurt me and broken my heart, they had wanted to introduce me to Mike. I remember meeting Mike. Uh, It was towards the end of the summer in August. Well, I first met him in July, but we went on our first date at the end. I met him in July or saw him for the first time. And it was at a volleyball game, uh, a beach volleyball game. And I remember him walking up and flashing this big smile and throwing his glasses on the table and being like, let's do this. He has quite the charming dynamic personality. Mike is gregarious and kind and funny and competitive. And I remember saying to my friend, that's, that's it. That's the kind of energy I want. I want someone who isn't afraid to live their life to the fullest. I want a confident man, but not a mean one. And she said, Hey, that's Mike. That's who we're trying to introduce you to. And from that moment, I felt like my world pivoted. I began to orbit around him. This is not healthy. (laughs) Just say that out loud, okay? I'm at a nice, kind, wonderful man, and I readjusted my entire life in order to be in his. Mike very much loved me and very much wanted the picture I painted. I am very good at fantasizing. Let me just say that out loud. I'm great at painting a picture. I am wonderful at creating a dream life. And Mike was inspired by me. We were inspired by each other. I found a soft place of land and a kind soul and somebody that shared my love of movies and music. And we quickly fell head over heels. He actually was in the process of moving back to Wisconsin. Uh, I met him in Colorado, but he was in the process of moving back to Wisconsin. And I uprooted my entire life. After having met him in July, I went out to visit him in Wisconsin in September. And then I moved to Wisconsin in February. I just want y'all to hear that, okay, for a second. I met him in July and moved in February. Now we are fed these stories as kids of this, you know, whirlwind romance where everything just clicks and you move mountains to be with each other. I can tell you right now, please don't move mountains to be with each other. That you shouldn't require that you do that, especially after only knowing someone for such a short amount of time. We were excited. We were young kids, right? We were excited. We were um, looking forward to a life together. I mean, he and I talked about marriage really early on. And I had every intention of wanting to be with this person for the rest of my life. I really believed in it. But the problem is, you know, you start to date and around that six month mark, you actually get to a place where you see the shadow side of each other. 
Mike had a drinking problem and was kind of living up his youth in a way that I had grown out of. And he was around all of his childhood friends and having such a good time. And I had no friends and I was in a place I'd never been. And I was different to all of them. I mean, I, they were all very kind to me and welcoming, but I was very different. I had a different way of talking, a different way of being. And, you know, I'll be honest, as a trauma therapist, it's not easy for me to have small talk. And so I can come across as a little intense or sometimes just like depressing. And I don't mean to be, but I just don't, I need to talk about deep things. Like that's who I am. And so it was harder for me to connect with people. I did meet some great people there, but I just, I struggled and and Mike thrived in his space. But we started to fight and started to have quite the differences in the way we wanted to live our lives. And in any normal relationship, you would kind of evaluate this and and have conversations and grow and, and do all the things that couples do as these shadow sides come up. But for us, we found out we were pregnant. And this was quite shocking to me, but it was also probably the happiest moment of my life as well. I've always wanted to be a mother. I didn't want it to happen like this. I would have preferred to have it happen when I was ready and a little bit further on in my relationship journey with Mike, but it did. It happened. And at the time, uh, Mike had already asked my parents about a proposal and wanted to marry me. And so we kind of shoved our shadow stuff underneath the carpet. We're like, okay, we're moving forward with this plan that that we want. And we shoved it down. And he showed up. He showed up in a really incredible way. Mike was wonderful uh, during the pregnancy and very supportive. And I gave birth to my daughter, Charlotte, in March of 2015, a day before my birthday. And it was a wonderful moment. It was magical, to be honest with you. We uh, had navigated some tough times during the pregnancy, but all in all, we were on the other side of this and really, truly excited to love each other and be parents. But here you go, folks. You ready? This is the part I want to share with you because I want you to understand how sometimes things fall apart because we just don't stop to breathe. And everybody's story is different, um, but this one for me taught me so much about honoring myself in relationship and why both Mike and I ended up to be the versions of ourselves we didn't even recognize. So this year, 2015, I have my daughter. I apply for a job in Colorado to work for a group private practice, a dream job for what I was working on. And we move to Colorado, sell his house. I start a new job with a baby. We get married and we buy a house all in one year. It was a little insane. We were exhausted, but moving so fast that we couldn't even catch our breath. We didn't even realize what was happening until we settled into our house and actually started living as a family. I worked really hard. I I love what I do. I love being a therapist in this group private practice you know, brought in a lot of clients. I was able to really begin to do the work that I love. And so I was actively 
building that practice and, and thriving. Mike was returned to his career and was building his life. And before we knew it, those shadows started to creep back up again. Okay, so here's, here's the tough part, everyone. Every relationship has shadows. Every relationship has stuff that we have not dealt with that you have to bring out and look at. But what you do with that is what sets the course on whether or not that relationship is going to be successful or not. And Mike and I threw our shit at each other. I was a bit of an anxious mess about Charlotte. I was, I was very attached to her. My birth with her was traumatic and I did not heal from that in the way I wanted to. I was absolutely terrified of missing a moment of her life. I was terrified of losing her. There was a lot of trauma I was enduring in 2016, just consumed with being a mom. So I wasn't really investing in the relationship I was investing in my business and I was investing in my daughter and Mike was definitely neglected. And in being neglected, he turned back to his addictions of alcohol and escape. And so we began to drift apart quite a bit. And Mike and I are great communicators, but we could not communicate about this. I didn't want to be told that I was overly attached or controlling, and he didn't want to be told that he was escaping. And so we just fought and then let it go and then fought and then let it go and then fought and then let it go. And it just built and built and built. Well, in August of 2016, I found out I was pregnant. And unfortunately, Mike and I were not in the greatest place, to be honest, to hear that news. And we kept it from everybody because I just, we weren't ready to share with anybody and we just weren't in a healthy place in our marriage. But actually on our anniversary, I had a miscarriage. And although I fully believe that my body did what it needed to do and I trust in what happened that day, it was emotionally devastating for me in so many different ways and set me on a bit of an emotional roller coaster of recovery. But I felt even more distant from Mike. Like I could not be vulnerable with him. I couldn't fall apart. I couldn't trust him, honestly. And I shoved it all away because the way that I used to heal my trauma was to try again to do it again, to get back up on that horse. So when it was medically appropriate, we tried for another child and I was pregnant with my now son, Waylon. That pregnancy was tough. I was managing a private practice. I was a mother to a toddler and I was pregnant and Mike was in the full force of his career and his addiction. And I felt very, very abandoned. And that was probably one of the roughest years that Mike had, as well as the following year in 2018 after Waylon was born. But it became clear to me that he was not in a healthy place. And so I just went into overdrive. Instead of putting my foot down and saying, you need to get help, this needs to stop, I just took over everything. 
That's one of the biggest regrets I can tell you right now, right here. If you are in a relationship where things are not okay, put your foot down. Make the big move because when you get to a place where you're so done, you have to leave, it's devastating because you wish you would have been able to communicate that big step beforehand. For anyone that's dealt with addiction, they know that the big foot is, I mean, it's, it has to be big and they have to want to change. You can't make them change, but you have to set major boundaries. And I just was not in the place to do it. And unfortunately it corroded Mike and I's relationship. And I just became so addicted to my job and motherhood. And I just, I pushed Mike out. I pushed Mike out as far as I could. And he felt more and more neglected. And so he turned to friends and other people to get the needs that he needed met. And I felt betrayed again. And I think that this moment for both of us was a moment we wish we could go back. We wish we could go back and do again because who Mike was at that time and who I was at that time are not who we actually are. And it's really tough because those two people made a decision that changed the course of our family's life. We lied, we just treated each other terribly. And it breaks my heart to know that he was struggling as much as he was and I couldn't be there for him. I turned away, I turned towards myself, I turned towards my business, I turned towards my kids. And it also breaks my heart that when I was struggling the most I think I've ever had in my life, he couldn't be there for me. We both, we both abandoned each other. 2018 was incredibly difficult. We were mean, we were toxic. I dare say it got to abusive levels verbally and emotionally for both of us. There was yelling, there was screaming, there was just incredibly inappropriate conversations. And unfortunately our children witnessed it, some of them. Um, and it is devastating to me now because there is an effect from that, right? Our kids do have nervous system responses to fighting that reflect trauma. So it's something that I am now unpacking and making sure my children get help around. But at the time, you know, you believe keeping your family together is the right thing. And I don't think it was. I don't think it was the right thing for us to be together at that time because the damage we did was way worse. I think that... We really tried to be the best we could when we were okay, but that was only when we were okay. So in 2019, I did what I normally do, guys. You're gonna, this is a trend here. You're gonna say, Colleen, I see this, I see your pattern. I changed our life. We sold our house and bought this beautiful home on this cul-de-sac in a dream location, two blocks from the school I wanted the kids to go to. I mean, I'm talking like that dream life I fantasized about. I made it happen. And I say I made it happen. Mike Mike did contribute as well, but like I was the driving force behind a lot of this um, financially as well as just, you know, logistically. 
Uh, and so we bought this house and it was incredible. It was beautiful. It was everything we wanted. And for a hot moment there, it felt like we were going to be okay. We had great neighbors. There were 16 kids on that cul-de-sac, five of which were my daughter's age, five girls. It was magical. And then shit hit the fan. And then that moment where I thought everything was going to be okay. And I thought that we were going to make it. Shit got real. We finally had to be honest with ourselves and face what we'd been running from for the last five years. And that is a moment that I think shifted everything for me. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Thank you.